Welcome to the CLS Experience. I'm your host, Craig Siegel. I'm a born and raised New Yorker who achieved success with multiple businesses, but I crave something deeper. So I dedicated myself to personal growth and transformation by revamping my mindset. I went from being unable to run a mile to conquering four marathons the following year. Now, I want to help others manufacture big breakthroughs of their own. I was 19 years old. Instead of asking myself, what's wrong with me? I asked myself, well, what's right about having no legs, one arm? And when I asked myself that question, my brain goes, well, Nick, if a girl doesn't love you because no legs, one arm, if someone doesn't want to go in business with you, maybe this disability is actually actually working as an authentic filter and it's filtering out the type of women and men that I don't want in my life anyway. Right. So that's a reframe in itself of like my whole entire life. I thought my body was the biggest curse, but then I looked at it with a different perspective. I gave it a different meaning. And now it's the greatest gift, my biggest form of influence, my way to connect with people on a deeper level. So when you change the meaning, you change your life. When you change the story, you change your life. On today's episode of the CLS Experience, we have a very special treat. He was born with no legs and one arm and knows no limits. He's one of the most inspirational keynote speakers on planet Earth. He's a best selling author internationally known bodybuilder, wrestler, fitness model, entrepreneur, and worldwide sensation. He had a 30% chance of surviving birth, and he didn't just survive. He's thrived and impacted millions of lives. The biggest disability you can have is a bad mindset, and his is absolutely bulletproof. He's just an overall juggernaut in all facets of life and a phenomenal human being. Please welcome the resilient, dynamic, determined, and driven, energetic miracle man himself, Nick Santinasta, so. My man, that was a that was a killer intro. Thanks for having me. I, I gotta say your last name correct. You gotta tell me. Santinastaso. It was close. It was good. Santinastaso. Yeah, perfect. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it. Yeah. How we doing? We're doing great, brother. And, and you and I were talking before we went on air, uh, and we could have went for an hour. I know we have some mutual friends and stuff, uh, but we wanted to save the juicy stuff for here. We just hit a million downloads. Um, the audience is, is exploded. Hell yeah. Uh, we just got sponsored by Mark Cuban. We've had some mutual friends on like Ed Marlette and so forth. I'm a fan, brother. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun today. I know you've done a lot of these, but trust me, this is going to be a little bit different. I like to get weird. Come out right <laughs> at the gate. You ready for me? I'm ready. Let's get weird, brother. Nick, what is your superpower? Oh, my, my superpower is shifting perspectives. Um, and so what I mean by that is... Uh, Man, if you want me to go down a rabbit hole, but by the age of 35, most of your beliefs, your thoughts, your actions, and your emotions are fixed. They're on autopilot. And so when you have someone uh, like me come out on stage or come in person, whatever it may be, I allow them to see the world a little bit differently. And if we can see the world a little bit differently, we can take better action and get better results in our life. And so I feel like I'm a shifter perspective, a little baby Yoda wizard. <laughs> I'm laughing because right out the gate, Nick's dropping nuggets right now. And, and the, a couple words that come to mind based on what you just said uh, is perspective. And one that I know you love to use, brother, is reframing. Yeah. 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 Reframing. Reframing is key, right? So there's there's three things that make up kind of your emotional state. But one of them, one of the main things is the language and the meaning that we give things. It's really massive, right? And so by the way, a lot of the things that are holding most human back, humans back is unconscious. They're not aware of it, right? So when you're in your business and when you're in your life, you're in the forest, you're, you're in the trenches, you can't really see things. So for example, like language and meaning, um, for the majority of my life, I'm 25 years old, but probably for 19 25 years, years young. Yeah, yeah, 25 years young. For 19 years of my life, I thought my body was the biggest curse, the most disgusting thing that can happen to me. And that was the meaning that I gave my body. What it, was, it was negative. It was disgusting. 
And until I asked myself a better question, which by the way, like your brain is a problem solving mechanism, meaning it's always going to give you an answer to the questions that you ask it. The truth is most humans are going around asking shitty questions. That's why they get shitty answers. And so I was 19 years old. Instead of asking myself what's wrong with me, I asked myself, well, what's right about having no legs, one arm. And when I asked myself that question, my brain goes, well, Nick, if a girl doesn't love you because no legs of an arm, if someone doesn't want to go in business with you, maybe this disability is actually actually working as an authentic filter and it's filtering out the type of women and men that I don't want in my life anyway, right? So that's a reframe in itself of like my whole entire life. I thought my body was the biggest curse, but then I looked at it with a different perspective. I gave it a different meaning and now it's the greatest gift, my biggest form of influence, my way to connect with people on a deeper level. So when you change the meaning, you change your life. When you change the story, you change your life. Yes, buddy, this is gripping stuff. Awesome. Right out the gate. And, and it's so true. Like in most people's, if not all in their trauma is really where the transformation happens the perspective. Bro, spot on. And, and, and that's the thing is like most people don't want to go to the pain. They want to, they don't want to go back to the trauma, which that could be tough, which by the way, I'm not saying like, Oh, it's easy to go back to your trauma. But a lot of the times all we do is soothe. We don't deal with it. We soothe. And you can soothe in so many different ways. Humans soothe with porn. We soothe with, we soothe with um, food. We soothe with video games, whatever it may be. And we don't deal with the problem. And that's the thing is if you can go back and experience those emotions and then from that state, find the learnings and find the gifts. When you find enough learnings and you find enough gifts, the negative emotion tends to fade. So that's the power of going back and sitting in your shitty diaper, but finding the learnings is you tend to liberate yourself, but most people are scared to go through the, the, the pain, which I get. What was that? That's right. I can hear your thoughts. Have no fear. I'm going to tell you exactly where you can get weekly access to the CLS experience live in action, dropping gems, nuggets, trainings, special celebrity and business mogul guest speakers and maximum energy. We just launched the CLS membership. We have weekly Zooms with like-minded, growth-oriented juggernauts, networking and absorbing all the wisdom via weekly Zooms. Head to CultivateLastingSymphony.com and then bang, enter your new network today. Let's grow together, you dig Yes, yes. And I know you often say problems are learnings. Do you look hard enough? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I'm I'm a little baby Yoda. My sensei is Tony. So Tony Robbins, I, I've been grateful to be on a world tour and spend a lot of time with Tony. And his, his whole thing is problems are gifts. The biggest problems humans have is they don't think they should have problems. That's right. Yeah. And and problems are the zest of life. I mean, problems problems are the gifts once you learn from them. And so what if... This is another reframe for you, brother. What if every time we experience a problem or experience a challenge, that was your sign that you're moving in the right direction, right? That was a sign that like, hey, I'm actually doing something because shit's going to come up. You're going to have problems and you're going to have challenges. But there's actually this concept that I want to touch on, which is called emotional fitness, right? So you and I both know the power of physical fitness, right? You go into the gym and you lift some weights and you get jacked and that's really amazing. Yep. But as an entrepreneur, there's something called emotional fitness, and the only way that you exercise emotional fitness is going through the shit and right. exercising the muscle of going through the shit and overcoming, overcoming it. Right. So for example, I just put, um, an ice bath in my backyard in Utah. I'm like, I might as well leverage the, the cold weather here. So <laughs> it's called a horse chop. 
and it's what they feed horses, but I, I'm little, so I can bathe in it. And so I go and I fill it up with water. And my buddy was like, well, Nick, what's the benefits? And I'm like, well, one, yeah, you can release inflammation and you work on your breathing. But the main thing is I do shit even when I don't want to do it. Yeah. That's the key. If you can exercise the muscle of doing things, even when you don't want to do them, that's a superpower. Because if you look at the most successful people in the world, all they do is they do the boring stuff consistently. You know, they do the boring stuff way more consistently than you do. That's it. So true, buddy. It, it comes down to consistency, conditioning, and a commitment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So true. Um, and and you, you mentioned problems. And specifically with Tony, Tony said, it's so true. Like, spoiler alert for the world. Like, adversity uh, is a prerequisite for life. Some have it different than others. Um, but it's inevitable and it comes in different shapes, sizes and forms at different times. Um, so you can change your perspective to actually embrace them, even though it might suck at the time, because, you know, typically on the other side of that is where, is where the most growth happens. Yeah, 100 percent. Um, let's let's even paint the picture, right? Like, say you have say you have someone who was born into wealth and was born in the proximity of networks and resources we may say a few things. One, they might have empowering beliefs because they know that money's readily available and that you can make it, right? And they have networks and resources and opportunities. But then say you have someone who wasn't born into that, but still has the hunger. That, por- that person who has the adversity actually has to potentially work a little bit harder, gain a little bit more characteristics, get more skills, you know, experience the grit and experiencing more of that stuff rather than Billions. someone who said it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the actually the adversity, good. Like, good, you have adversity. Like, if I had all my body, I probably wouldn't be sitting here because I don't know where I would be, right? But I know for damn sure I wouldn't be here. So my adversity sculpted me, my adversity made me. And that's the thing is like, everybody's trying to run away from the adversity. That's it, buddy. Yes, my friend, I love this stuff. And I'll give you some context for that. A few months back, I was a big speaking engagement and I got injured playing football on the beach with the boys, which is never a good idea. Uh, It was was misdiagnosed as a sprained ligament. And I was training for the Chicago Marathon at the time. Uh, Get a call from the doctor. Um, Well, I facilitated an MRI because I had to go with my intuition. I knew something was off. And it turns out it wasn't a sprained ligament. There was a tumor in my foot. Uh, And the Craig of like a year ago and prior would have had a, you know, a pretty good pity party there. Uh, but but I just work on myself every single day as the you. And, and as like Tony likes to say, right, like life happens for you, not to you. And so immediately I'm like, I don't know why this is happening, uh, but but I'm excited to find out. Uh, so I got the surgery, got the tumor removed, crutches, stitches, and I ended up getting an opportunity to run the New York City Marathon just a few weeks later with no physical training. The fastest I ran in my life, inspire my wow. pops who's battling cancer and raised money for American wow. Cancer Society. Uh, but But ultimately... You know, this version of me understood that there was a reason that that adversity was happening. And I may not know it at the time, but I know there's going to be some really big growth after that. And that whole little story arc taught me so much, uh, especially about shedding the ego and stuff like that. So I'm with you with that, brother. Wow. And and we can almost say, too, it's like a good thing you got hurt on the beach. Yeah. Right? Because if you didn't get hurt on the beach, never would have found maybe it. we would have never known. That's it. That's wild. Yeah, that is wild. And- Damn. And, and I like what you said too, which I, I want to touch on is like you said, misdiagnosed. And this is, this is pretty interesting too, because as humans and entrepreneurs, a lot of times, one of the biggest things that gets in the way is we misdiagnose ourselves or someone else misdiagnosed us and we believe it. So for example, right? Like I was, 
I was on a school bus and I was 13 years old and a girl said something to me, right? And it was negative and whatever it may be. But because of what she said, I started to believe it. I started to believe that I was disgusting. I started to believe that I couldn't get girlfriends and I never have a wife and I have kids because of that negative experience. So now that we take that into business, for example, say you're an entrepreneur and you're coming up and you get into your first sales job, right? And you get into your first sales job, you jump on the phone and the first person tells you no. Because of that experience, then you develop a belief about yourself, right? And so if someone says no to me, I may be like, is this for me? Can I really do this? I don't know what it is. Can I keep going? And that's why I say most humans aren't persistent enough to get the results that they want. So they get the new belief about themselves. And so the truth is, y'all misdiagnose yourself. Those that are listening, like someone told you along the way that you weren't good enough and you believe that shit. Someone told you that you couldn't build a business because no one in your family is an entrepreneur and you believed it, right? So the question or the challenge is, will I be persistent enough to get my first yes or to get my first proof of concept to reinstill a better belief about who I am as an entrepreneur? Bang. That's where we dropped the mic, but we obviously want to continue the conversation. And it's so true. Just to add a little bit to that, like anyone that has those limiting beliefs, like spoiler alert, you weren't born with those. So in, in Nick's case, it was a girl on the school bus, whatever the case may be, but we cultivated it over time, whether it's our family, the news, the media, whatever the case may be. And, and as soon as you become aware to realize that you cultivated that belief over time, you can also get rid of that and, and implement more positive thoughts to create more empowering beliefs and so forth, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because that's the power. Remember, I said most of the things are unconscious. So if we put a spotlight on something that's unconscious and make it conscious and aware of it, now we can strip power away from it. Right. But we only know what we know. We only know what we see. That's why having a coach or a mentor, you know, is one of the most powerful things. Because like I said, you're in the forest. But if you have a coach or a baby Yoda floating above the forest and I'm like, hey, there's a lion over there. Hey, don't go over that way. We can see things that you may not see because you're in your life. And we can point out your subconscious patterns that um, are really bullshitting you that we can call you out on. Yeah, this is gold. This is <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> I'm going to ask one more weird one and then we'll hop around a little bit. Okay. And, uh, I'm so curious to hear your answer because I've had some of the world's most successful people in the world and I love to ask this question. I always get a bit of a different answer. And I also understand that depending upon what season you're at in life, the answer might change. But right now for you, Nick, what is your definition of success, brother? My Oh, man. My, my definition of success is building something with people that I align with that allows me to impact the world and elevate my income. So, you know, it's one thing to build something with people that you don't align with, but it's a whole nother ball game when you build something with people that you really, really enjoy and you really love and you really align with. Um, but also I'm just success for me is trying to, trying to be a better man every single day. Um, the small shifts, you know, adding new habits and success for me is um being uh, so the the cliche is being able to do what i want where i want with the people that i want but like you said i really love what you said is at different seasons of your life your definition of success changes right i remember a time where i was 20 years old and i moved to la and i went dead broke i remember i was laying there looking at the ceiling and i was like man success to me in this moment is having enough money for rent and a little extra for food Right. That was my definition of success. Now it tends to change. But I would say for those that are listening is make sure that your definition of success doesn't get jaded by a mentors or doesn't get jaded by someone else's. Because a lot of the times we can start working and then you find yourself in business. You're like, why am I really doing this? And your definition of success got jaded by what you see on Instagram and what you think success should be. So the first thing that you need to do is identify what is success to me? Because 
for, for Craig, it might be the Jets. You know, I want a Jet too, right? For us, like, it may be the Jets. Like, go after that shit. For you, maybe it's like, I just want to build 5 to 10K of passive income and chill and travel the world. Do that shit. For you, maybe it's like, I just want to be an amazing father and come home and love on my kids and do whatever I be. Like, do that. And so that's really important is for you to identify, like, what is it to me and go after that and make sure it's not getting jaded by anyone else. Does that make sense? Of course it does, buddy. Yeah. And everybody has their different, their different recipe for success and like a different chapters and season. Like you said, like just having enough money for rent and for food at that time. Maybe like for me years ago, when I was a bit more immature and I was looking for validation, look good in the gym, right? That, that was success to me or to make a lot of money uh, when I was on Wall Street. You know, for me now, it's to make a massive impact uh, and to have a lot of fun. Uh, and to help people to contribute to the world and so forth. And obviously make them on never hurts also. Um, but yeah, it, it's different as we continue to evolve and grow in different seasons straight up. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I love the, love, love that you added the money part because a lot of the times people are like, well, money shouldn't be a motivator. I'm like, well, well bullshit. It's taboo. Right? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Right. Like, and, and we need to like bring more light on that and have a better relationship with money because like, God forbid, God forbid someone in your family has cancer, like who's able to support. Right. You can. God, you know, you want to retire your parents to real estate. Who's going to do it? You are right. Who's going to take the family and the kids or your parents to Italy? Like you are right. Money gives you freedom and money gives you options. Um, but also at the end of the day, money is value. Right. And, and the more value that you can bring, whether that's a skill, whether that's a product or service and condensed time for people, you get paid more money. Entrepreneurs get paid to think quickly, to make good decisions and to solve problems. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so deep, brother, and, and straight up riveting. I agree with every single word. Hell yeah. <laughs> We're going to jump around a little bit. I, I want to give some context in case my audience might not be familiar. Uh, right away, when you were born, your parents understood that what you focus on expands. Mm-hmm. And you had a 30% chance to live. Yeah. Uh, but, you, but your family decided to focus on that 30%. Yeah. So for those that are listening, um, why do I look like this in my unicorn body? And in, in 1996, my mom went in for a late ultrasound. They sat them down and um, the doctors are freaking out and they classify me with what we call hand heart syndrome and hand heart syndrome either leaves the babies with undeveloped limbs or undeveloped organs. At the time of my birth, I was the 12th baby in medical history that they've ever seen this happen to. And out of the 12, eight of those babies have passed away due to undeveloped organs. Now, what Craig said was about what fo- what you focus on expands consciously or unconsciously. I don't even know if my parents knew that, but they made that decision to focus on a 30% chance of me living versus versus the 70% chance of me dying. Now, the reason when you dive into the brain, the reason why this is so important for a few reasons. The first reason is what you focus on expands or what you focus, focus on, you'll get more of. So for example, your brain is like the best detective. Your brain is always looking for clues and your brain is always trying to prove your beliefs right. Right. So if you have a belief that all girls are cheaters, you're going to focus on that and you're going to find another cheater and the whole cycle repeats. Um, or you or you may have someone in your life that says, well, I always have shitty bosses it's because they get into the get into the job and they always try to find the shit or create the shit in the boss to reaffirm their belief. But also what you, I like, realize I about say what you, what you said right there, I never heard the articulated like find the shit or create the shit almost like manifest it. Uh, that was deep. Yep. Continue. Yep. Yep. Right. Because even even in a relationship. I'll go through a breakthrough that I had. Um, let me let me wrap this up. Is like what you focus on. This is most important for everyone. Is what you focus on, you feel, and what you feel is your life. That's key. So the quality of your life comes down to the quality of the emotions you feel on a day to day basis. And entrepreneurs will realize this. Is you realize like we get to a point early on in our careers, right, where we're like, well, when I get that AP, then I'll be successful. 
or when I get that house or that sky rise or that, you know, that penthouse, then I'll be su- feel successful. And then you get to it. And it's like, that's it. Right. It only makes you feel a certain way. Right. Um, that's because like, it, it doesn't really last long. It's the quality of the emotions that you feel on a day-to-day basis that are really going to dictate your life. And that's why also, I know I'm jumping around here, but that's why also right. yeah, people, and it's not their fault. We've been, you've been jaded as well by the, by the word mindset. Because people think mindset's motivation and that's bullshit. Mindset is actually training your body and mind with enough consistency, repetition, and intensity to change the biochemistry of your body, to unwire and rewire your brain, to change the emotions in your literal body, right? So going back to whether it's the cars or the houses or the watches, how many of us know people that have millions of dollars and are still pissed off and angry? Most people. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And then... You go to a third world country and you see a kid kicking the can and he's happy. And you go, what did I do wrong in my life? Who's really rich? It's the kid that's happier than you are. And he doesn't have shit because he's happy regardless of what he's masters his internal world, whether he knows it or not. Right. So what you focus on expands, what you focus on, you'll get more. But most importantly, what you focus on, you feel. So, for example, it's like I can even have Craig close his eyes and Craig can close his eyes. And I can say, Craig, I want you to go to a moment where you feel absolutely insecure. And you'll see his whole body change and he'll go and he'll feel it and he'll feel insecure. And then I'll say, all right, shake your body out. And I'll say, Craig, close your eyes. I want if you go to a moment where you feel absolutely amazing, absolutely sexy, absolutely certain. And you'll see him and he'll perk up. And that's because it's called neuron mirroring. And neuron mirroring, what that means is your brain can't decipher what's visualized and what's real. Has no idea. That's why some of the greatest athletes, coaches, whatever it may be, like Conor McGregor, when he knocked out uh, Jose Aldo with his jab, that wasn't his first time throwing the jab. That was his 45th time because he trained it over and over again before he got into the ring. That's the power of visualization. Yeah. I went into so many rabbit holes right there. No, that was awesome, buddy. And, and you mentioned Connor, and, and it's funny because I, I love that guy in his prime mm-hmm. when he was coming up. There was nobody hungrier. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when, when you have that much money, I, I imagine you lose a little bit of an edge. Um, but but there was a time when he was coming up uh, and you just brought me back to that moment. But, but really, everything that you just said makes 100% sense, especially the neuron mirroring. Yeah. Yeah. And even challenging the audience is like, can you be grateful for something that hasn't even happened yet? I love future gratitude. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up. That, do you use that, it? Like what, like what ways do you use, use it? Yeah. Like in, in terms of like milestones, right. Or, or like yeah, yeah. running a marathon with a certain time or maybe earning a certain amount of money or, you know, an accomplishment in business or speaking, whatever the case would be, being thankful that it happened, even though it didn't yet. That, that's how I like to apply um, some tools in regards to law of attraction. Yeah, that's key, right? Because if we can feel it before we even have it, time just hasn't caught up yet. That's it. Yeah. And that and, and it's so crazy. People are like, that's the thing, bro, is like people are like, man, eh, does this really work? And the truth is, I'll give you all the tools. Most people won't use them. It's all about execution. Nobody's gonna use them. <laughs> they won't use them, right? So it, it's wild. So make sure when you're listening to this is like understanding that knowledge is potential power, but the real power comes from implementation, yes. like the action. <laughs> Don't be that guy that takes notes and then puts that shit on the shelf and never sees it again. You're wasting both of our time. <laughs> yeah. Talk, talk about alignment. I was speaking to my membership yesterday to about 300 people. Uh, and I was just saying, like, you know, I, I can tell you exactly what to do to start your coaching business or become a speaker. All this stuff, 1% tops is going to actually apply it. It's all about the execution. Most people, like you said, knowledge is potential power. Um, crazy to me. <laughs> Yeah. And, and why is that? Why don't they take action? I think, right. It comes down to psychology. Like, can I really do this? I'm not Craig. I'm not Nick. Right. Can I really do this? Right. So, 
you know, I have, I have three C's that I really base my, my foundation of sec- success on. It's really just coaching consistency and community, right? So coaching, making sure I'm learning from someone who has the life for the results that I want, who's way richer and smarter than me. That's why I'm only 25 years old, but I have the success because I learned from people who are richer than me. Right. Um, the other one is consistency. Like you said, is like, shit, if you can't commit to going to the gym for a few days and you break that promise, good luck in business. Right. Ed talks about it. Our good buddy, Ed talks about self-integrity. It's like, I firmly believe confidence and self-worth is the foundation to your success because you'll never make more than you think you're worth. Correct. If you think you're worth five grand. Yeah. If you think you're worth five grand a month, you're capped. Right. If you're worth 25 K a month, you're capped. Right. So whatever it may be. And then the third C would come down to community, which is, is really the game changer for a lot of people. Because I would say that if you don't evaluate your circle, I could probably guess that about 80% of the people in your life are pulling you backwards. Nutrition Solutions offers the best healthy meal prep options for health, wellness, weight loss, and improved performance. The customer service and support at Nutrition Solutions is unbelievable and second to none. And when I travel for my marathons, the meals are waiting at my hotel. I don't even have to break a sweat. Even their protein donuts and breakfast items are made with fresh organic ingredients. I love Nutrition Solutions, reliability, quality, and all-around lifestyle that they represent, which is world-class. To get both physically and mentally fit, go to NutritionSolutions.com and use promo code CLS25. Thank me later, you dig. Yeah, People like you and I, we're constantly evaluating our circle. We're constantly evaluating who's pulling us left and who's pulling us right. Um, But the hard part about this is... And you mentioned earlier, sometimes it's the closest family and friends that don't understand the vision and you can't accept that. Right. So they don't always have to understand the vision and you don't always have to take their advice. And mommy's best intent isn't always your best intent. Right. I would say often it's like that, if I'm being honest. (laughs) Yeah. Big pattern. Right. Yeah. So. So even elevating your standards of those that you hang around with. And the truth is you hang around people who, who are fat and lazy. It's only a matter of time before you become fat and lazy. The cycle repeats, right? And so elevate your standards, elevate your peer group, elevate your life. Yeah. Bang. And also like be very intentional with that. Like, and also like, people who hire coaches and mentors, like I, I always say to them, like, do what feels good to you. But ideally you want to see, is that person living a life that I would like to live? Do they have meaningful relationships that I would like to have? Like, are they doing stuff that I would like to do? If the answer is no, that should be your answer right there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, that's how we go further faster. Like if you want to go further faster, you find someone who has the life, has the results and you model them. They help you expedite the journey. That's why people are like, well, how are you a great speaker? It's like, well, I studied the guy who's been speaking for 45 years, worked alongside him. Yeah. And, and just, yeah, just like that is a skill that you could develop. So is confidence. Yeah. All skills. Right. And, th- and that's the thing. Like there's, there's the part of psychology, but, but understanding that like, if there's a if there's a skill out there, understand that you can acquire it, right? And to break down really to go into a little nerdy brain stuff is there's three brains. You have three brains. You have the thinking, you have the doing, and you have the being, right? So the great analogy is like we all remember the first time we got into the, the car, we were gonna drive a car, right? So you get into your car and you're like, holy shit, and you're like checking your mirrors and you're putting your seatbelt on and you're like, how do I put this in reverse, right? And then you did it. And then a few, you did it with a few reps. And then next thing you know, you got in your car, you put your seatbelt on and you put it in reverse and you're driving and you're slapping your leg and everything's great. Now, what do you do while you drive? You do shit that you shouldn't, shouldn't be doing while you're driving. You're reading a book or you're sending text messages. But why is that? 
is because you've did it with enough repetition that you went from thinking to doing to being. It is you. It's as you. It's in you. And so that's the same thing for sales. That's the same thing for communication. That's the same thing for leading. If you do it with enough repetition, it becomes you and you have that unconscious competence where it's just in you and you don't have to think about it. Come second nature. That's right. Yeah. This is awesome, buddy. <laughs> I, I knew we were going to hit it off and be aligned, but this is even exceeding my expectation. It, it's amazing. One of the other things that you taught, and I'm pulling out all the Nick hits right now, because I think this is, we can go through the whole journey, but, but I think your story is very well documented and we could always get you back on a sequel. Um, but I think that what's most valuable to the audience, brother, is some of these conversation pieces. I, I think that's what's really going to stick with them. Um, you talk about stacking thoughts. Uh, I think that's awesome. Yeah. So. Humans stack thoughts in positive ways and we stack thoughts in negative ways. The truth is your brain isn't designed to make you happy. That's your job. And your brain is only designed to keep you alive. That's why it holds you back to do a lot of things. It just wants to keep you safe, right? So for example, it's like we've all woken up on the wrong side of the bed. If you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you start to stack thoughts in a negative way. Your brain finds everything that's wrong with the day. Oh, the weather shit. Oh, I got to go to work. Oh, the dog pissed. Uh, and, and it's just like stacking and stacking and stacking. It's unconscious. You're not aware of it. Right. So all we're really doing here is pattern recognition is, is becoming extremely aware of the patterns so we can strip power away from them. So that's how you stack thoughts in a way. How do you get out of that is you stack thoughts in a positive way. Right. And this is where gratitude comes into play. Um, but going to moments like, what am I grateful for? What are wins in my life? How do I stack my wins? How do I go to another moment? And you'll know this. In, and Tony does a lot of this is like, go to another moment. All right, what's another moment? What's another moment? And you're stacking the emotions. You're stacking and stacking and stacking until you feel this overwhelming sensation of gratitude and appreciation. And my friends that are listening, gratitude isn't fairies and unicorns. Gratitude is actually the most powerful emotion because it's emotionally impossible for you to feel grateful and sad, grateful and stressed, grateful and anxiety at the same time. Right. It outweighs all the negative emotions. Um, but also, when you operate from a state, emotional state of gratitude and joy, you find solutions quicker. You make better decisions. You're in a better frequency. Send better emails. Yeah. yeah, because we all know we've always sent a text message or an email when we were pissed off and said, shit, I wish I'd never sent that because you acted off based out of your head and not your heart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is <laughs> it's awesome. And also, I've heard you talk about this, and it's so true based on what you were just saying. You can become addicted to emotions. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, you can become addicted to emotion. So, for example, what we focus on, we feel. So, I can, again, I can have Craig close his eyes and I can go, Craig, go to a moment in your past um, that you felt confident, right? And you would feel that. But a lot of times we don't go to the positive. We usually go to the negative. So, say it was a death in the family or it was a divorce or you got cheated on. You don't only relive that once. Humans like to relive it over and over and over and over again. Then they focus on it and focus on it. So, actually, you, become addicted unconsciously to specific emotions because what you focus on, you feel, right? So we call this an emotional home. So your emotional home is a place you go to where things don't go your way. It's your home. It's where you feel safe. It's where you go to and you're addicted to. So for example, for those that are listening, you may be asking, well, Nick, how do I identify my emotional home? Well, I would ask you, how many times a year do I experience anger? Is it once a year? Is it once a month? Is it once a week? Is it twice a week? Is it once a day? And I can go through the sequence of emotions and you would identify, wow, I feel anxiety like five times a day. I feel stress like five times a day. That's your emotional home, right? And so now you know where you go to when things don't go your way and you need to strip power away from that. So by the way, 
other than like disorders and stuff, when it comes to anxiety, stress, and anger, it's self-induced on what you're focused on. Always. So true. You're, you're focused on something that's wrong, or you're focused on something that you can't control, or you're focusing on something that you don't have, which makes you feel inferior. And then when you feel inferior, you don't take action and you get shitty results in your life and you wonder why you're where you are. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, it's so true. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. And, and segue into, you know, a, a lot of people have limiting beliefs that we we're speaking about earlier and, and just being aware of them and, and understanding which ones to cut off uh, is really half the battle because most people just aren't aware that the beliefs that they have, um, they cultivate it over time. Talk about um, cutting off and being aware of your limiting beliefs. Yeah. So most of your beliefs were cultivated between zero and seven years old because your brain was in theta state and theta state is the door to the subconscious mind. And I want people when, when, when you're looking at the mind, right? I want you to think about your conscious mind as the tip of the iceberg and, and your unconscious is like everything that's going on underneath. That's really running the show. Your unconscious is really running the show. So most of your beliefs were cultivated between zero and seven. And it's because you were a kid and you were very suggestible. Now, a few things happen when you're a kid. The first thing is you think everything's your fault. So, for example, your parents get divorced. You go, what did I do wrong? Mom and dad aren't happy. What, what did I do wrong? And part of you blames yourself for, your, for the reason why your parents are divorced. The other thing that we think as a kid, which is such bullshit, is we think adults have their shit together. <laughs> and it's totally not true. Even me and Craig, we don't have our shit together. We're this is Earth school. We're just figuring out day in and day out. We're just learning as we go. Right? Earth school. It's great. Right? And so, so for examples, like if you were a kid and you heard money doesn't grow on trees, rich people are greedy. We can't afford that. Then, on an unconscious level, you develop beliefs that money was hard to get, and rich people are evil, and I can't have that. Right? And so. How you identify these is you you go inward and you ask yourself well, what is what is the what is the story what's the programming that's always always holding me back like what's your story so for example for me for the majority of my life is like I can't do that because I have no legs of an arm I can't have that because of this I can't have that because of that or maybe for you it's like well I don't have the knowledge I don't have the support well I'm I'm obese because my parents fed me that right? Or I'm this way because of that. And this is where we all know the the law of cause and effect, but I'm telling you most humans leverage the law of cause and effect in the wrong way. And what I mean by that is we're using the law of cause and effect in the wrong way by reinforcing our victim mentality. So cause and effect, right? Because of this, I'm this way, right? Because Biden's in office, I'm unsuccessful. Um, Because whatever, because um, I grew up in the ghetto, like this this is how I am. And what you're doing is you're casting blame on something else and you're not taking full responsibility. So when you take full ownership, whatever word you want to use, ownership, extreme ownership, whatever it may be, you go from cause and effect to causing the effect. Now for coaches and people that coach people on a day-to-day basis, if you can get your clients to understand and shift from cause and effect to causing effect, then they take ownership and accountability. And the only reason why they are successful or not successful is because the very actions that they took. And when you take power back and you don't let any other thing play the blame game, now you have a superpower. But do you see how most people use cause and effect in the wrong way? They're like, well, yes. because of that, it's this way. And because of that, it's, it's like the victim mentality. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. In this day and age, when you play victim, you get stars, you get claps, you get, you get love, you get comments, you get followers, such bullshit. Right. But I want to let you know that victims don't win long term. You win short term. You get some short term satisfaction, but you ain't win long term. 
So you choose. And that's what we do here, right? Victim to victor, victorious, making people superhuman is like liberating themselves, liberating themselves from the shit that doesn't serve them, taking full accountability and then doing the inner work so they can strip power away from the things that don't serve them so they can have a life. Yeah. I love that you said that. I try to take accountability for literally everything. Like even if somebody on my, even if it's not my fault, exactly. Yeah. Right. That's what leaders do. It's like, even if it's not my fault, fuck, it's my fault. And I'm going to find a way like, that's what true leaders do. And, and that's a muscle that you exercise a skill that you can cultivate. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is just straight up. Awesome. Another thing that you said, you said that really hit home with me. Uh, Cause I see a lot of people struggling with this is that change is in fact hard. And in regards to overriding mm. your software. Yeah. 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 Man, change is really hard. And the reason why change is hard is because a part of you needs to die and needs to let go and you don't want to let go of it. And, and, and what I mean by that is a lot of the times, I think it's called secondary bias. I don't even, I don't even know, but secondary bias, which what I mean by that is like, for example, it's like, I have, I have, I work with entrepreneurs and they're like, well, when I'm angry, you know, I think better. And I'm like, that's bullshit. It's not sustainable. That's just a belief you have. So you put yourself in an angry state thinking you're going to get somewhere, but it doesn't, it's not sustainable long-term. So they have a belief that thinks they serve them, but they don't want to let go of it. Right. Um, so second, secondary bias is holding on to things, um, thinking they serve you, but they really don't. But change is hard because like I said, your brain wants you to stay comfortable and wants you to stay the same. Right. So even I was saying by the age of 35, 95% of who you are is unconscious. And there's only 5% of your mind that's conscious trying to make a drastic change. So for example, it's like you may get fired up and say, Oh, I'm going to start a business. And you may get a jolt of excitement. And then your unconscious mind goes, Well, Craig, don't start a business because if it fails, your whole family's going to die and you're going to starve to death. Right. Or Craig will say, Hey, I want to lose 10, 15 pounds. And your unconscious mind go, Well, Craig, you won't love yourself 10 to 15 pounds. Anyway, even if you're lighter, 10, 15 pounds, you still won't love yourself, right? So it's it's that voice, that bitch voice that's self-sabotaging. And for example, another thing that your brain will do is you'll go, you'll go to start a company and your brain will go, you're just like your father. You're just like your mother. You really think you can build a business? No one in your family has ever done it. And that's your brain trying to self-sabotage master's growth because it doesn't want the unknown. It doesn't want the uncertainty. Now, if you're aware of that, then you can be conscious of all the override moments. So every time your brain says hit the snooze button and you don't hit the snooze button, you unwire and rewire a new neural pathway if you do it enough. Every time your brain says don't go to the gym and you fucking override, you unwire and rewire the new neural pathway. Every time your brain says don't go up to that hot girl because I'm scared and you do it anyway, you unwire and rewire the neural pathway. So those are called override moments, right? So in order to override, we just need to be aware of that voice that's trying to talk us out of growth and not listen to it which yeah. it sounds very simple, but it's, it's difficult. And like I said, change is hard. And if change was easy, everybody would have their yachts and their dream life, but that's not the case. Yeah. Is there a certain time frame for how many times you do that to, to, and then rewire for it to kind of get, to be able to stick? Yeah. So that's a great question. So let's give an analogy. Say, say Craig and I, we were, we were in New York um, and Craig was pushing me in my wheelchair and he's like, let's go off-roading a little bit. We're in Central Park and he's, and he's like, let's, let's create our own path. Right. And so Craig's pushing me through the, the woods and it's really difficult. Nick's like bumping around like, Craig, holy shit. Like, what are you doing, bro? I'm getting kind of scared here. Right. At first, that path would be really hard. It'd be really difficult. But if every day Craig said, hey, Nick, meet me at Central Park at 5 p.m. And we're going to go over that path. After about 20 times, me and Craig made our own road. That's the same thing with your brain and your neural pathways. And so I would say 
10, 20, 30 times, like I would say the more the better, because the deeper it's going to engrave it into the neural pathway or make it stronger. Right. Um, but that's the other thing is like for addictions or patterns that you've been doing your whole life, just think that's a lot of unwiring you need to do because that's years of conditioning and conditioning. So that's why it's hard because it's like, you've been doing this your whole life. So that's where the consistency comes into play. And even when we talk about habits, I think they, you know, it takes 30 days to instill it, 60 days to make it, make it cement. Um, but fuck the days, just be consistent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just release the expectation and just stick at it and it'll become a habit, it'll become second nature at some point. Yeah. And, that's the best answer possible. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is like when you're creating non-negotiables or habits is like, if you fall off track, don't let that sabotage the rest of your week's growth. You know, it happens to a lot of us. Like a lot of the times, like we're like, oh, I missed the gym the fourth day. I'm not going to go to the next three. I'll start next week. No, it's like, don't, don't beat yourself up. Just accept that you missed a day, get back up and get back on your horse and, and keep going. Right. But the other thing that we need to realize is, and this is a big pattern that screws most entrepreneurs up is they win. And then they're on to, they're on to the next thing. So they don't even celebrate their wins. So it's like, it's easy to feel like a loser when you don't keep score. Right. And so when you win, celebrate it because it does two things. It wires your brain to want to win more, but you flood yourself with the emotions of winning more. So you want to do it. Right. Um, and then also another pattern that screws most entrepreneurs up is they'll say, uh, I closed four deals, but it wasn't five. I made 30 grand this year. I made 30 grand this month, but it wasn't 50. And, and their brain robs themselves of their happiness and their accolades because they always want more and they won't just accept the win that they had. I got to be honest with you, brother. This is what I need to hear right now because as an entrepreneur and very ambitious like you are, you know, sometimes um, after a target is reached, it's on to the next target. I need to be accountable and do a better job of celebrating certain milestones along the way for sure. Yeah, it's key, right? It's like, what's the point of winning if I ain't going to enjoy it or I ain't going to celebrate it? And then it's on to the next, right? But at least like, reflect and look back on it. You know, one of the things that we do with our partners now is in, um, during the new year, like December, like we'll go to, we'll go to, we'll go, we'll go all out. Right. So we'll go to Vail and we'll take a private jet and we'll, and we'll get the the biggest penthouse, whatever it is. And then we'll do a lot of fireside chats and we'll just reflect on all the wins, reflect on all the wins. What was great about this year? What do we accomplish? Remember that one time we stretch ourselves way further than we ever did. Like, and that's where all the juice comes from. Um, but Craig, you talked about hunger, right? And um, and Tony, Tony taught me this. He said, you know, you can't teach hunger. So where does it come from? And where it comes from is hunger. And that survival instinct only really comes out when you put your back against the wall and you got a lot of pressure on yourself. And a lot of people don't like the pressure and they want to stay comfortable. And that's why they always stay kind of like comfortable and average and they'll get average results it's like, but there's a very small percentage of the world that when their back's against the wall, they fucking go hard and they tap into that survival instinct and they stretch themselves more than they ever done before because of the pressure that they put on themselves. And, um, you know, I was just reading a post and we were talking about it today. It's like, even with the hard times, like right now we're in a winter, some businesses are thriving, but in, in the sense of like the world and all the shit that's going on, it's like, we're in a winter and, and, Tony mentioned, he was like, if you think this is winter, he's like, we got another five to seven years of winter. If you think it's hard now, we got another five to seven years of its, of its coming, right? Um, but there's two types of people in winter. One person freezes to death because they're scared. And the other person builds a fire and enjoys it. Which one is going to be? But the other thing is like, 
where in my life can I put a little bit more pressure on myself so I have to stretch myself and become a better leader, a better man, a better woman, a better entrepreneur, a better mother? Pressure is a privilege, but where in my life can I put some healthy pressure on me so I can elevate, so I can become more? This is gold by everyone <laughs> listening. Like, guys, grab a pen, grab a journal, run that back. Uh, so, so we look forward to pressure. In fact, what Nick is saying is we actually facilitate pressure because, yeah. because when our backs against the wall, that's how we can cultivate and develop hunger. For those of you that aren't born super ambitious, whatever the case would be, here is a technique to utilize. And, and, but also, like, you know, fair warning, like, for those people that can't handle it, they might crumble in those scenarios. Yup, that's correct. Billionaire Mark Cuban is motivating entrepreneurs daily with his three commas line of apparel, accessories, and coffee. Three commas has the softest suede crudities, a great line of accessories, and the best direct trade Colombian coffee. Join the Three Commas Club on Instagram at Three Commas or visit their website, threecommas.com to learn more. Thank me later, you dig? Yeah, so for those that are like, hey, I don't know if I can do it, like start with a little pressure, right? Like, and and maybe for you, that's like, maybe your rent's like two grand. Like, let's upgrade and, and touch the dream and go to something that's three grand. Let's dabble a little bit. I'm not saying like, go hard. Like Tony bought the Delray Castle. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. And he found a way. I'm not saying do that shit. What I'm saying is like, like, like Craig said, I love that. Like we facilitate our pressure. So add a little bit of pressure. Maybe the, you upgrade the car a little bit and the payment goes up a little bit, right? That's how we can stretch ourselves and become more. And one of my buddies, Jeremy, he said, he's like, Nick, I, I keep my overhead really low um, because a high overhead overhead is like unneeded pressure. He's like, I don't want unneeded pressure. I want to facilitate and create my own pressure. Yeah. I thought that was really brilliant. Yeah. I'm pretty confident that the name of this episode will be facilitating pressure. That's unbelievable stuff right there, brother. I love it. Yeah. The only only negative I got going on is we don't have 10 hours to chat. I wanted (laughs) to ask you you this because uh, it's a big part of my life right now and all the legends and the guys in the space and so forth are really big into it as well. I was skeptical about it for quite some time because it was beyond my senses. When the thing happened with the tumor, I said, if I was ever going to buy into this stuff, the law of attraction, the quantum and all that stuff, this would be the time. Uh, and then I was able to run the marathon with no physical training and all that stuff. So I, I know that was a quantum experience. I have trouble articulating what it means to me, but I, I understand now the power of intention. Uh, and mm. for the first time in my life, I, I'm seeing real-time manifestations and so forth. I'm curious what your position is and, and if you buy into it, the law of attraction, the power of intention and stuff like that. Yeah, 100%, right? So by the way, people are jaded by the law of attraction because some people are like, well, if I sit on my couch and I watch Netflix and eat ice cream, but I really think about my goals... I'm gonna fucking have all of it. And it's like, that's bullshit, right? So there's a little bit more that has to go into it. So the, the law of attraction. So remember I said, what you focus on, you'll get more of. And your brain is always picking up clues on whatever you're focused on. So this is the part of the brain called the RAS, which is your reticular activating system. Now, this is the very reason why if you ever wanted a specific car and you obsessed over that car, you'd be on the highway and your head would snap and you see the damn car. Or ladies, if you ever wanted a specific dress or bikini, you finally got it. Then you saw five other women with the same bikini. You're like, what is going on? Because your brain is picking up on what you focus on. So this is where clarity comes into play. Because a lot of entrepreneurs, I can ask them what they want and they don't even know what they want. Right. And so for me, if I look over at my board, I know that I'm going to be eight to 10% body fat. I know there's, I'm going to make this specific amount of money. I know this specific amount of people are going to be in my 
challenge. I'm going to make this amount of like, it's very clear because I need to be very specific. One, because your brain is always going to take the path of least resistance. And what I mean by that is you're, you can say brain, I want to make more money. And you'll go outside, you'll find a dollar and your brain go jobs done. What's the next thing, right? Or you'll go brain, I want to lose weight. And you'll go take a number two, you'll lose two pounds. Your brain goes jobs done, right? Like this is just how the brain works. So you need to be very clear. But your, your RAS, the, the more that you're extremely clear on what you want, your brain will pick up on the networks, the resources, and the opportunities that are all around you to help you get there quicker. But on the flip side, if you're focused on what's wrong in your life, you're going to find what, more of what's wrong in your life, and you're going to miss all the networks and resources and opportunities that are all around you as well. Now, the, the law of attraction comes with clarity, right? But like you were saying, it also comes from flooding yourself with the emotion of already having it before you have it. Because then you're telling your brain, it's like, I've already got it or I deserve it, or I I already embody everything I need to be doing, or I start becoming the man or the woman that it's going to take to achieve that very thing. And so the the simple answer is like, I, I'm all in about it. um, But you need to be extremely clear on what you want, where you are, where you want to be, and then who can help you get there quicker, and then go seek out that. Now, Craig also mentioned intention, right? And a lot of people no intention on a surface level, but on a deeper level. And I, and, and Ed, Ed as well talks about this as a lot is can you be in, can you set intention on the type of emotions you want to feel? Can you set intention on the type of thoughts you want to feel on a day-to-day basis? Can you set intention on the type of relationships you want to nurture, the things you want to do, the skills you want to acquire? Now you're tapping into the deeper level of intention and you're taking your life to the next level. So that's what I would say is clarity is power. You have to be extremely honest in where you are and where you want to be and then get extremely clear and like what I don't just want to lose weight. I want to be eight to 10% body fat. I just don't want to make more money. I want to make 500K. I don't just want to travel. I want to go to Italy and sit at a coffee shop drinking an espresso with my laptop open and I, I can I can feel the, the the warmth of the espresso. I can hear the Italian chatter behind me. I can see the brick road to the right of me like that's that's clarity and that's intention. And the more that you prime yourself to feel that and experience it and to see it, time just hasn't caught up. I hope that makes sense. It's a lot of like, buddy, it makes stuff. perfect sense, brother. And you articulate it in a very beautiful manner and I appreciate it. Uh, but it's so true. And one of the words that we use there uh, is clarity yep. and being very specific about the intention and then feeling, you know, what it would feel like to have it because. You know, and the movie, The Secret and all that, and I've had, you know, some of them on the show and become friends with John Aswell. It's incomplete in the sense that like, yes, um, you have to think it and believe it. But, but, but something that you touched upon today, which I think is actually the most important is you have to feel it, brother. You have yeah. to feel yourself already having it. They don't talk about that enough. Yep. See what you saw, hear what you heard, feel what you felt. And now yes. you're embodying it. And it's like, you're there. It's just time hasn't caught up yet. So, yes. and that's the power. Like literally if people knew how powerful visualization was, they never go a day without doing it. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome, buddy. We'll land the plane with this. How often, I think I already know the answer, but specifically how often are you working on yourself mentally? Yeah, this is, this is a great question. So what we need to note is the more work you do in yourself, the easier it is for your brain to hide your shit. That's key, right? So the more work you do, the easier your brain says you don't need any more work. Oh, you already know that. You already do that. And the very belief that you think you know it all is the very belief that's holding you back from the next level of life, right? So I'm constantly working on myself and I, I understand my brain. So for example, I, I'll, I'll end with this. For example, I, I had um, 
I'm a practitioner in NLP, which is like neuro-linguistic programming, the language of the brain. And one of my mentors who's way smarter and wealthier than me was like, hey, I have an NLP coach. Um, you should let her do a session on you. I'm like, sure, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. So I scheduled the session. And as the session gets closer, I, I see myself going, fuck, I don't want to do this. I think I'm busy that day. Or, <laughs> and that's my brain. That's my brain trying to say like, no, we don't need growth. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. And I know I'm aware of that. So I'm like, fuck, like now I got it. If I, if I, if my brain says don't, I like now I have to. And I go into this and remember, I said, new eyes and new ears and new voices, so powerful in your life. And she was able to pick up on some subconscious language patterns. But the one thing that she, she picked up on, I want to share it. And we'll end, like you said, end the plane with this is she said, Nick, the whole thing was like, um, my amazing, my, my, my relationship with my girlfriend's amazing. Like it's so effortless. It's just so easy. And, um, I, I just couldn't understand it. And so she said, Nick, she said, the pattern for you is everything in your life you had to eat shit for. And it was so hard getting on a chair, feeding yourself, becoming a bodybuilder, like having no legs, one arm, like your life is always hard. Like everything's usually always hard for you. And she says, she says, does it always have to be hard? She said, the only reason why you're skeptical of your relationship is because it's not hard. And because it's not hard, you look for things that are wrong and you try to self-sabotage it because it's easy. And so she said, does it always have to be hard? And I started crying. I was like, no, it, it doesn't always have to be hard. Like a lot of things were hard in my life, but sometimes things are in alignment. Sometimes things just flow. Sometimes things can be easy. It doesn't always have to be hard and you don't always have to eat shit. And so my pattern was if things aren't hard, there's something wrong with it. Yeah. Change the game. This is awesome. Yeah, straight up. It doesn't always <laughs> have to be hard. And, and what a breakthrough, right? And I imagine after that, some more things started to play out that weren't so hard and then more things and so forth. Yeah. And being more accepted of things that come your way, because like we, we get skeptical, especially men, like we always want to solve problems and we, there was always something to fix. And it's like, well, maybe there isn't nothing to fix. Maybe it's just amazing. And we, we let it flow. And, and, and so it be. This is awesome, buddy. So much love and respect. You know, I've been watching from afar for quite some time. The most, the thing that I'm most excited about personally is to build the friendship uh, and I just want to acknowledge you. Like, what a beacon of inspiration, brother! You're never a, a victim in your mind. You're so powerful; it's contagious, uh, and you're impacting so many. Uh, specifically, me. We just hit a million downloads, like I said earlier. What's the best way for, for the audience to support you? Yeah, um, you can go to my Instagram, Nick Santo Nastasto. If you type in Nick Santo, I'm the guy with no legs, one arm, and a bunch of tattoos. Um, and, um, yeah, I, we're, we're doing some things. We have some free virtual events, but it's a, it's a beautiful time because we've never been in a place where you can sit in your pajamas and get in the room with your mentor and learn some things. So I would highly suggest whether it's me, Craig, whoever it is, is like, take that step and continuously to learn, get in the right rooms, get in proximity and, um, be honest with yourself because the truth will set you free. Bye. How can I personally support you, brother? Just keep being you, man. Um, this is a great, this is a great opportunity for me to just come on and, and share some light. Um, let me know if you're ever in Utah. I'll let you know if I'm ever in New York. Um, and if there's ever a time where I can come serve your people, come serve my people. I just, I just want to help. I just want to be a, be a, be a servant. Done. Brother. This was a, re- a really good and strong conversation. And I feel a lot of alignment here. And I just want you to know you're the definition of resilience, great heart, determination, and perspective. 
You're making the world a better place by helping others power through adversity and change the meaning we give our story. You lead by example, mm-hmm. you're a role model and beacon of hope for anyone coming up today with big goals and aspirations. I could personally guarantee your best is yet to come. Keep on spreading your wings and making your mark on this world, brother. So much love and respect to you. Thank you so much for stopping by and dropping these priceless nuggets. Thank you, brother. Send in love. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. That was a tremendous conversation, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you, bro. Yeah, how can I how can I help you? How can I serve? Um, let's build the friendship. Uh, you know, I'm speaking yeah. a lot now and so forth. And I pivoted um, from Wall Street in the beginning of the pandemic, and, and I went all in. And the brands exploded. I say very humbly. Uh, Rob Deere, yep. and Ed Milet have said they've never seen something like in a short period of time. But I just genuinely love this stuff. This isn't work to me. Um, you know, yeah. I, I love this stuff. I left Wall Street for good. And, and the irony is, is I didn't do this for the money. But as you know, like when you step into real alignment, you do a really good job, the money follows you. So now I'm making more money than I ever made on Wall Street, which is cool. Um, but I'm just looking forward to continue to grow, taking stages and make an impact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, um, if there's anything I could do, um, we, I pivoted as, as well. So before COVID, I was just um, a professional storyteller. I was really good at sharing my story, getting paid good money for that. And I was on the road about 80% of the year. And then we moved to Vegas because I didn't want to travel as much. And when, when we moved to Vegas, three weeks in, they shut everything down. So I lost like seven figures just in contracts, just gone overnight. And because of that, we created a digital company, right? So funnels and coaching and mastermind and all that different type of stuff. So We've been around the block with formats of virtual events, coaching, masterminds. So if there's anything that you need to pick my brain on, we can always jump on a call and we can jam out and see what your structure is and see if I can uh, share any insight. I would love that, buddy. Thank you so much. That's your, that your cell phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to text you in two minutes after we hang up. Okay. And, and also, buddy, like what, likewise, like if there's anything I could do at all to support, uh, and, and I have a feeling it's just the beginning of friendship. I'm sure we'll do some more things for sure, uh, but anything at all. And, and I'll, I'm going to tag you on Instagram and we'll definitely communicate there as well. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. And then, yeah, shoot me a text and then let's go from there. Cool. I'll text you in two minutes. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, bro. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good night, buddy. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow me on Instagram at Craig Siegel underscore CLS, the YouTube channel Craig Siegel, and our website CultivateLastingSymphony.com where you could sign up for our email blast with all free trainings on all of our content. The best is yet to come.